Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Sans Pants Radio, you've got a golden ticket. Welcome back to another episode of Movie Maintenance, where some topics just need discussing... I'm Damien. I'm Handsome Tom. I'm Gabe. And this week we're looking at franchise fatigue. So, for franchise. Do I want to say that again? That yeah, try it again. All right. Just the whole. This nah, week. just that. Just try the. Just franchise fatigue. Now, a little bit that was deeper. Good. Yeah. Franchise fatigue. Now, with now. like an edge of roughness to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like still sexy and mysterious. Okay. But franchise fatigue. I think we got oh, it. Yeah, I right, think we good. got it. Yeah, yeah. I think we got it, guys. Right, right, right. Stirring, that man. was that some was good nice. uh, sexy alliteration. <laughs> I like that. That was good. No more. No more. So what we're talking about here is basically films that we're basically are we seeing too much of. We're getting too regularly throughout a year, and we're fatigued by basically like the superhero. The superhero bubble, bubble is the yeah, it's the obvious example. Marvel they're doing three a year. Is that right? Yeah, at the, at the moment I think it's three a year. Star Wars we've got one a year. Yeah, and I guess the the main issue here is oversaturation with these big franchises. Like, I mean, if you go back 10, 15 years, you would get films in a franchise maybe every two years, and that was pretty yeah. brisk. Like, yeah. I mean, first Spider Man one came out in two thousand one or two thousand two. I can't. I think one. One, I think. yeah, and then two was 2004, and then three was 2007. So, you know, like, yeah, two, two years was, it happened, but three years was more common for those really, yeah. really big films. Yeah. Um, X-Men 1 was 2000, X-Men 2 was, oh, 2002, yeah, okay, two years. But mm. even so, like, two, two years was pretty brisk, right. you know? And now we're at a point where, like, in these big franchises, it's either a yearly or, a, you know, multiple films per year thing. Yeah. And when that first started happening, like, I think I remember when The Avengers came out and everybody was, like, probably at peak Marvel mm. excitement. Yeah. And then yeah, it was, it was like, days. shit, Iron Man 3 comes out in a year. I get to see some of these characters again in a year. Yeah. How fucking cool is that? That's the only amount of time I have to wait. Yeah. And now it's like, it's become so regular. It's sort of, like, but I suppose Marvel's kind of a TV series writ large, you know? But yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. you've got Avengers Age of Ultron, then a year later, you've got Civil War, and then a year later, you've got Homecoming. I mean, you're seeing Iron Man yearly now. Like there's mm. no, and I think the risk here is that there's, a, there's no time to miss it. And to me, and again, this is not, me coming down firmly on this side of the fence, but I think about Star Wars, I think about when the Star Wars prequels came out. To me, Star Wars was always an event. Like, it was a really special yeah, thing. It was like, yeah. even when the prequels, you know, they weren't great, but it was like, fuck, a new Star Wars movie was, was coming out. There was build-up. Yeah, it was like three yes. years between yeah, every yeah. film, and it built up, and it was exciting, and it was an event, and also because, you know, I think we all mistakenly assumed <laughs> that Revenge of the Sith was going to be the last one, so right. it was kind of like, this is going to be the last we see yeah. in this world. This is super exciting. And now with Star Wars, it's like, not only do you get a film every year, you've got the TV show Rebels, you're going to have more TV yeah. shows coming out, it's kind of everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars, 
is still at a point now where we're three films into Disney's reign and it is still an event. It's like, oh, shit, the new mm. Star Wars is coming out. Everyone's going to go see it. But that's going to change very quickly, particularly now that we've got Han Solo coming out five months after Last Jedi. Right. Allegedly and, still. And coming out with Disney allegedly being like, yeah, this film's going to be terrible. Yeah. yeah. We are fully aware this film's going to suck. Yeah. Which I think there, there's still going to be excitement around nine. And the reason is because people are like, at the, at the end of Last Jedi, because it is, was so divisive, yeah. people are like, fuck, what happens now? So yeah. Solo being a hit or a flop, I don't think will affect no, like, the franchise because, yeah. because in the same way that Rogue One was a standalone exactly right. story yeah, that you yeah. could watch. Like, it helps if you've seen the other Star Wars films, mm. but... I actually, I take total leverage with that. I don't think Rogue One would make any sense if you'd never seen another Star Wars film. No, but what I mean is that, like, I can't remember my point, and you just said, take umbrage, and I got distracted. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, he's taking umbrage early. Oh, fuck, it's four minutes in. I haven't started yelling. I've calmly taken umbrage. No, but what I mean is, though, is that they are standalone yeah, stories yeah, sure. that don't yeah. connect to yeah. a- another story coming. Hmm. Let's not be those cynical guys and be like, okay, this ubiquity of franchises at this point is all in all the bad thing. Let's look at the good stuff as well. Because, like, having. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not fatigued. Having. Well, it depends on the franchise, I think. Because, yeah, I like, agree. Yeah, it depends on the franchise. And it does kind of. I have realized over the last couple of years, it does ebb and flow. Like, before Last Jedi, I would have said, I'm fucking sick of Star Wars. Hmm. And that was because the three products we've gotten out of Disney Star Wars, Rogue One, Force Awakens, and Rebels, have all been nostalgia wanks. Have all been how many references to the originals can we fit in there? How many times can we brazenly try to evoke this feeling that we think people want from Star Wars? Hmm. And then Last Jedi came in and was like, fuck that. Hey so guys, now I'm get like. Fucked. Now, it's, last year I completely shifted my perspective on this because yeah. I was like, I okay, with Solo, I know there's like conjecture about whether it's going to be a total disaster or not. If if I had to guess, I would say it's going to be an Ant-Man. It's right. very clearly going to be nobody's vision. It's like Ron Howard came in as sort of a very steady-handed And there'll be glimpses man. of there'll the glimpses. Miller and Lord film. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. overall, I'm sure Solo will be fine. I think it'll be totally forgettable. It'll mm. be fine. And if anything, it'll kind of be a sell for those who hated Last Jedi because I kind of feel like Solo will just be like, here is all that nostalgia wank stuff that you love about Star yeah. Wars. Here it is. And suddenly you kind of realize that in a world where, where the films are coming out regularly and the expectations for this franchise aren't becoming astronomical over three years, maybe that means means you can have more Last Jedi's. Maybe that mm. means, hey, if you don't like this one, you're going to have another one in a year. Yeah. We can, maybe that means we can actually take more risks. And we're kind of seeing a bit of that from Marvel now as well because, yeah, Marvel brings out three films a year. For sure. I think they've cleverly staved off fatigue by delving into different franchises, yeah, different worlds, for different sure. genres. It's, it's not like that. you get an Avengers film every year. No, not at no, all. No, exactly. You, get, you yeah. get often either a standalone story with some of the other characters in it, but you don't get like... The closest we probably have ever got would be Age of Ultron into Civil War. But yes, even having yes. said that, Civil War is still technically not an Avengers film. film. Ultron as well. And, yeah. and like, tonally very different too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think it's kind of... It's, it's very clear to me now that like the paradigm of how we make franchises has changed drastically, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. That doesn't mean that like having a franchise film every three years in a given franchise was the right way to do it and it's the wrong way to do it. But... Is there a risk that we're going to start experiencing fatigue with all of these franchises? Right. Is it going to get to a point where a Star Wars film coming out every year is no longer special or exciting? Yeah. Well, to me, I think the fatigue's going to come from, to use a comic book example, if you watch Civil War and you hadn't seen previous films, you'd be very confused. I think you said you saw it with your dad and your dad's well, like- Well, no, I, my dad saw it afterwards because I watched right. Civil War really impressed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I, and that was a point where I was feeling very fatigued towards Marvel because right. I brought out a few films in a row that were either middling or very safe or just, you know, yeah. competent but boring. Well, I think you got Ultron and Ant-Man well, before you got yeah. Civil right. War. Yeah. And both and Ant-Man's, again, no any, what? Mm. And Ultron 
was like Joss Whedon on autopilot. Oh yeah, I I disagree. But Ultron was a mess. Like Ultron was, it was it was kind of to me it was like Kingsman two. Mm. It wasn't like the first one was so well put together and so such a well made good film. Yes, the second one, yeah, it hit some of the it hit some heights here and there. But generally speaking, it felt like somebody trying to do a whole bunch of new things with a whole bunch of confidence that came from the previous one mm. and fucking it up, tempered with a bit of studio interference. Do you know yeah. also though one of the one of the biggest weirdest things about Age of Ultron? I can't remember if I've said this or not, but I remember seeing the film and being like, who the fuck's that dickhead with the eye patch? Right. Why are we in this country? I don't understand anything. Then I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV series. Yeah, yeah. And he's like a main villain in that. And I'm like, why don't I know this? Yeah, right. Going into it? like, Well, that's the question. Like, you know, with such interlinked franchises, the expectation of you having done your homework, like, and the the, the example with my dad in Civil War, which I I know Mm. I have made on this show before, but just to make it clear, I walked out of Civil War. I was like, I've seen every Marvel film. I loved it. I thought it was excellent. I told my dad, like, I kind of gave him a rave review. I was like, you have to go and see this. Mm. He went and saw it. He came back and he was like, it was all his questions were things like, you know, and I hated it when Captain America like tried to smash Iron Man's heart and kill him. And I was like, no, well, that wouldn't kill him because in Iron Man 3 that got, oh, uh, fuck. Yeah. And then there was something else where he asked another question about something that linked back to Ultron. And mm. I was like, he was like, oh, I mean, who was who was the flying red face guy? And I was like, oh, well, in Age of Ultron it was yeah, this. Yeah, right. And suddenly, and yeah. it was like, and you know, why was everyone so pissed off the Avengers? I was like, oh, well, in Ultron this. And suddenly you realize we're at a point where it's like these franchises expect you to have seen exactly. like potentially five disparate franchises yeah. and all yeah. of their sequels to, for this installment to make sense. Yeah. And to, to be fair, 90% of the people watching them fucking have. Yes, absolutely. Right. But that's the- <laughs> And they that, know that. Yeah. But the, I think- that number's going to drop. I think that's the that's where the fatigue's going to come in because guys like us who watch a lot of movies every year, we're probably going to see most of them at one point or another, right? But like I was talking to some people just this morning because um, we were talking that we're going to do this episode and they were sort of saying, yeah, we only watch, like they only go to the movies, say, four times a year or something crazy yeah, like that. You, and if you're doing that, you're going to pit, be very picky. Well, you're, yeah, you're yeah. Either, either you do commit to this franchise, in which case it takes up all the slots, <laughs> bar one, right? But then if you've got a second franchise you're committed to as well, then they're all gone. If, you, yeah. if you're a Disney fan and it's like, I mean, granted, if you've liked those ones, you've probably seen more than four movies a year. But basically, there is an attention economy and there's only so many amount of movies you can watch every year. So I think that's where, if that number keeps rising with how many they're releasing every year, that's when you've got to get franchise fatigue. Well, but I think, I think Marvel have weirdly crisis averted themselves. Mm. So I think they did Civil War so they could set up Avengers. Right. We're not getting another Captain America film until Infinity War. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't get any this year. What did we get this year? We got Thor. We got Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Both Guardians of the Galaxy, you only need to have seen Guardians of the Galaxy 1 right. to make that film work. Yep. And Thor, you could have seen maybe like one of the Avengers films and one of the other Thor films for Ragnarok to work. Yeah, yeah, you okay. don't need to have seen yeah, yeah. everything. And I think with Black Panther, you're probably going to only have needed to see a handful yeah, of films I think as well. Black Panther, you're probably going to be able to come in pretty I, easy. I think, I think with Captain America, with each of the three Captain America films, mm. there is prior and assumed knowledge that you've seen another Marvel film and at least all of the preceding full team-up films just because he's kind of a linchpin. Him and, mm. him and Stark. Yeah, so yeah. any Iron Man film, any Captain America film, Requires requisite knowledge yeah, because absolutely. they're the, they're the main characters of both mm. Avengers and of Civil War. Whereas I think with with guys like Thor, with this upcoming Black Panther, with Doctor Strange, with Ant Man, yeah, if you've seen the other films, sure you get something extra out of it. Yeah, but you probably only need to have seen maybe one or two. Yes, to to understand the world, and especially with Guardians, you could watch Guardians Galaxy One having never seen a Marvel film, and it would still be fine. Oh yeah, yeah. It make yeah. perfect sense. And, and same with two, and that's and that's probably it's it's one of the things I guess that is good about it. Oh yeah. Oh, I think Marvel actually are already on top of this. I think like you guys said, having fresher directors this year 
has already reduced any chance of fatigue, as well as I'm pretty sure they're, they're after Infinity War, they're ditching the, the phases. Yeah, then Infinity War will be the end of the phases. Interesting. It, to me, they'll, they'll, so still, they'll still smart. do films, but they're they'll not going to do films do anymore. But they're not as interconnected, which means they're this issue... they the curve again. Yeah, that I've just spoken of. They're basically going, no, nah. they can even release more films if they're not as connected because people will just be like, oh, yeah, I'll just watch one, I'll watch two, it's, I don't care. It's funny because I think we're sort of predisposed to expect the worst from franchises. Right. You get moments where you're like, no, people get paid a lot of money to kind of understand what's going on here yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. it's and I, I think I think Marvel have obviously they've had missteps but any machine the size of Marvel will have missteps will have things yeah. that don't quite work Good playing guitar hero on hard you're gonna yeah. miss yeah. some notes <laughs> you're gonna miss but a few notes but generally speaking they you know they haven't and I know there's that theory that I do bring up time and time again which is that you know because of the amount of control and the kind of quality control measures with Marvel you'll never get a truly bad Marvel You'll never get Justice League. truly great one either. But that said, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming was one of my favourite films last Mm. year. I didn't expect that. There was no world in which I thought a new Spider-Man reboot set in the MCU would be one of my favourite films of the year. But it was. I had an amazing time. I had so much fun in that film. And I do think part of it was, and okay, this is going to be a weird thing I want to throw out there, that maybe the ubiquity of franchises at the moment and cinematic universes, really it's just Marvel and Star Wars that are kind of doing it successfully. But something they do have in their pocket is that it's kind of almost becoming like comfort television where it's like, I feel like I'm coming home. Mm. Like the MCU has been a going factor for almost a decade now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, uh, Iron Man came out in 2008. I was in year 11. I was in high school. So like, the MCU and Tony Stark and Captain America and whatnot, these are characters I've followed since I was in high school, since right, before yeah. I was an adult. Yeah, and they're that, still going. Insane, and there is yeah. something there is something special about it. There is yep. something like, you know, you see Tony Stark on screen in Homecoming, mm. and there is, whether you like it or not, something that blows away your cynicism. And you mm. think, oh, shit, this is a character I've been following for almost a decade, yep. and there he is again. And there's, and there's growth, too, across yes, films. Absolutely. Yeah, I get again, Marvel are the kings of you, that. You don't have to have seen... If Spider Homecoming is actually a really good example hmm. in that you could have seen Iron Man One and you could still appreciate Spider Man Homecoming. The Civil War bit at the start might confuse you, hmm. but you just learn that Spider Man met Tony Stark when he had to fight these guys. Yeah. And that's all you yeah. need to know for the for Spider Man's role in that story is that they have a yeah. relationship. Yeah. But that if you've and, and that, you know, maybe you go, Oh, it's a different guy. Like he's he's hmm. a different character to the guy he was in Iron Man yeah. One. There's still some of the similarities. Still got that cocky, yes. suave attitude, but it's slightly different. Hmm. It's a good example because what it does is it allows people who, like like your dad who haven't seen every film yeah. to enjoy it and get involved with it. But it rewards people who've watched the whole franchise yeah. who've now seen a character like Tony Stark. Because because again, the reason I think the phases are going to end is because the stories of Stark and the stories of Rogers, hmm. who are the the important. The, the linchpins of this series are going to end yeah. at the end of the Infinity War. Yeah. Their stories are finished. Yep. They may die. They may crop up. Someone's dying in part one. Right. I yeah, mean, someone's doubt. fucking dying I in part one. I reckon a few, to be honest, but yeah. 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 At, at least one of those two will die at yeah. the end of part one, and the other one will probably die in part two. Yeah. But in, in that sense, like, in a way, kind of, the franchise is still built around those two characters, so mm. that if you if you want to put them in other things, you can. Yeah. And it's not so jarring because people recognize the character mm. if they've never seen stuff. But also for those who've seen everything, they get like a yeah. lovely little the, boost. The more you invest, the more you're going to get out of it. Correct. Which, yeah. again, is Marvel being pretty on their game and another way to to counter franchise fatigue. Because, yeah, if you're getting more out of it by investing more, well, why would you get so, fatigued? I, I think there are three sort of main franchises at the moment that are the three biggest case studies we can look at for yeah. the big ubiquitous franchises that are either doing it super well or... Mm. And they, they all kind of come with benefits and pitfalls. Uh, and that is... Uh, the MCU, Star Wars, and the DCEU. Yeah. So, would you chuck the Harry Potter cinematic universe in there, considering they it's- launched themselves 
as J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World, it's look, it's it's tough because like it's not a kind of perfect thing where it's like all three are doing the same things, but to varying degrees mm. success. Because like Star Wars is three films deep into the new version of Star Wars yep. and one TV series. DC is a bunch of films all over the place. Like what are they? Right. Five films. Marvel's like. 14 films yeah and harry potter it's like yeah we had one franchise that was one story with a beginning middle end and now we've got a second franchise that for all we know could be a completely closed end thing as well we don't know what the future plans are for right. the visiting world yeah. so so five yeah films? i would five films five films but see, is the plan the, the interesting so, there this was going to bring this up later but we might as well talk about it now movies that have a an end point because mcu don't ever have an end point nor what the star wars doesn't seem like it's going to have an end point anytime soon where something like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, you know there's an end point. So, yeah. you're, not, yeah. you're less likely to get fatigued even if they're coming out one a year because there's only a matter of time until you, you don't, you don't get any anymore. Which, as you said earlier, for the original Star Wars, actually made, to me, made them more special. Yes. Knowing yes. that I'm, there's going to come a year where I don't get to watch a Star Wars film feels so much bigger than, oh, well, there'll be another one next year. Well, it puts more weight in the film that's coming to, out. To yeah. be fair, as far as we're aware, when the ninth film comes out, that's the end of that trilogy. The next trilogy right. that they're talking about is Ryan Johnson just doing his own thing. In space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, right. so for all we know that, and and look, I, I think what I said before about Marvel, Marvel's quality control meaning there won't be a, ever be a great one, there won't ever be a truly terrible one. With Star Wars, I believe, I, and I know Tom, you would disagree with me on this. And coming coming in over a year since we we had a heated debate on this, um, I truly you, believe you that Rogue One is a deplorable piece of cinema. It's, I, I think, it's just. Why, why, why do I feel so no, attacked no, hang on, hang right on, now? Hang on. It's, I feel so attacked. I think Rogue One is an awful movie. I think yeah. Rogue One is everything wrong with franchises. I found it insulting to sit okay. there and watch it. I found it insulting to be so pandered to mm. and for them to be like, hey, hey, I know that we have problems with like, you know, plot and character and everything, yeah. but have this thing and have this thing and have this thing. Stuff that just didn't need to be there or didn't need to have the emphasis or weight it had, had those things. Not because they served the story, because they served what they thought Star Wars should be. Right. So that kind of begs the question with Star Wars. It's like, yeah. Everyone's assumption when Disney bought them was that they were going to try to do a Marvel. But then we got The Last Jedi, which was so weird and strange and Mm. flawed. And there was a lot wrong with The Last Jedi. But to me, and I've said this so many times, I will take the interesting failure over the boring success any day. I don't think Last Jedi was an interesting failure. Mm. I think Last Jedi was an interesting success, interesting but flawed success. I would go as far as to say potentially- Second highest grossing film of the year? Yeah, I think I think the mm-hmm. film that beat it was Jumanji. <laughs> Potentially a flawed masterpiece. Yeah. I'll go as far as to say with Last Jedi. Cool. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm all on board with that because it had thematic depth. You yeah. get new things out of rewatching it. It's a film that I'm still thinking about, like mm. over a month after seeing it. Mm. And that to me is something I didn't think a new Star Wars film could do. Yeah, like Force Awakens, I was thinking about after it came out, but more because I was thinking about what didn't work for me. Why did this leave me feeling kind of hollow? Rogue One, I was thinking about how much I fucking hated it. Right. The Last Jedi, I'm still unpacking the themes and ideas, and I still read think pieces about Last Jedi like on a regular basis and go mm. shit i didn't think of it from that angle it's, it's a gift that keeps on giving which is what we expect great cinema to be right and i don't think marvel at this stage are ever going to offer us that so no. is there yeah. they, they might but is there something to be said i would for, love it if they did but yeah I, yeah I put money but on look it. before last jedi i would have said that the current franchise model isn't capable of right. giving us real art you know yeah. something to if really we'd had this discussion on. before last jedi but it'd be really interesting last to jedi see has changed things yeah. in a big yeah. way for me See, and I come at it from a completely different perspective because I look at Marvel and I'm like, no, they are capable of, in my opinion, Mm. doing some really interesting stuff that still is colouring between the lines Mm. of what we know these films to be. So when you say interesting, though, like which films are you referring to? So the ones I'm referring to are probably for mine, something like Winter Soldier 
and Civil War. Okay, where they actually had a tone that still had the Marvel feel, yes, but it is very much still they're very much still Marvel films. But they're, in those two films, especially, mm. it feels like actual stakes. Yeah, like that the consequences from being a superhero are more keenly felt. In the Avengers, they're kind of like all oh, these things exist. Yeah, but then in Civil War, it's like no, no, there are fucking repercussions for you going up and fighting a bad guy in yeah. the air and throwing a building at him. Like that shit comes home to roost. Mm. And so I think for me that was a nice theme that's been explored across probably both and again and I'm going back to this point of, of the Steve Rogers Tony Stark arcs <laughs> Tony Stark <Yeah>. arc <laughs> sorry um, <laughs> but across their story arcs was always exploring consequences of being a superhero mm. both those films are very much about that whereas something that was wildly entertaining and very different because they were like you know what we're gonna let a director with a very distinct vision and style direct a film. Probably because they're like, eh, you know what? At this point, fuck, it doesn't matter if he fucks up a Thor film because no one's really enjoyed the last two. right. But give a director with a very distinct voice and a very distinct style who came in and brought that to a Marvel film. It is still, again, still part of that Marvel world. Mm. still feels like a Marvel film, but it also feels like a Taika Waititi Marvel film. Yeah. So having said that, they're they're the the two two examples, I think, where one is Marvel moving into a world where they're getting more interesting – people behind the wheels of their films or are wanting to do more of that because they've seen this the financial success of James Gunn taking Guardians as his own little vehicle. Yeah, right. And then the other side is from story elements is you get you get Winter Soldier and you get Civil War where they are, while still Marvel films, exploring nice ideas. So, so they're my they're my counter arguments. No, no, I, I think mm. they I think they are strong arguments. And I think there's a lot to be said for those films. My counter argument, I think where we differ on that is that I don't think those films are challenging in the way Last Jedi was challenging, mm. and I don't think they have the same thematic depth as Last Jedi. And the reason for that is... Oh, no, I know, I know, like, I agree. I, th- mm. I think, you know... Yeah, that's as why far I said as, they're within the lines, yeah, whereas right. Last Jedi's like, the lines are here, we're going to colour a little bit over here yeah, as well. So yeah. as, as far as, like, to me, is very important in a film, is like, do you have a theme, or are you saying something that I can relate to on a personal level? And with with Winter Soldier and Last Jedi, and, uh, sorry, um, Civil War, it's like, yeah, yeah, you are challenging, you are saying what are the consequences of being a hero, but it's like... I'm not a superhero. Mm. I don't, I don't like, I look at it and I'm like, that, I guess that's an interesting take on those characters, but I don't watch it and think, man, this is getting me on an emotional level. I watched mm. Last Jedi. Not only are you taking to task the mythology I grew up with and was in yeah. love with growing up, you're also saying something about failure, which is something we deal with every day. Like we have all had moments in our lives where we failed or we fucked up or we've done something that we're not proud of. And that the bit we owe is like failure is the best teacher. Mm-hmm. And Luke's whole arc in that film where he's like, I fucked up. I am only human. Mm. My expectations of myself were so high and, and I, I put those expectations down. on a fucking kid. Well, yeah. I almost killed a kid because almost of those expectations. Almost killed a kid because of it. And because of, you know, because of the weight of history and because of what I've learned. And because he, I was I, I did to- exactly what Obi-Wan did yeah. the first time around because I was so dedicated to not doing what Obi-Wan yeah. did yeah. the in, first time around. In retrospect, it actually justified my biggest problem with Force Awakens, which was I was like, so none of it meant anything. Right. Like 30 yeah. years after the end, 30 years isn't that long, yep. after the end of Return of the Jedi, after that hard won victory, we just have an evil guy in a black mask mm-hmm. and we have the Emperor and we have the Resistance and that's it. It's, right. it's just right back to what it was. And then Last Jedi was like, yeah, but let's look at why. Let's look yeah. at why the status quo it's- returned. The status quo returns crucially because Luke upheld the status quo of the mm. prequels. He was like, yeah, we're going to go back to the Jedi Order. We're going to go back to the Jedi teaching things. We're going to go back to Jedi's moral absolutism. The same. Yeah. And he fucked right. up. And when he's like, it is, it is vanity for the Jedi to assume that we 
own this. That's brilliant. That and that brilliant. always in service of this bigger theme about we make mistakes, yeah. we repeat the mistakes of the past, yeah. and the only way forward is to learn from those mistakes, not to run away from them. Yeah. That is a theme that I will always find powerful, I will always find affecting, and to see it in a multi-million dollar fucking mm. Star Wars film in 2018, Marvel has never come close to that for me, ever. No, I can't I think agree. of another blockbuster that has in recent times. Yeah, I have to admit, yeah. I'm trying to think. My, my, only, my only thing was that I was like, Marvel will probably never be able to do that purely because they're still relatively new. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you, can, you can reset Star Wars a bit because you have the history where you yeah. can go, you can, you can play, you can either play on the nostalgia, but, which is where you get things like Force Awakens yeah, and Rogue yeah. One, which I, I will admit, I know we're near as strong as The Last Jedi, or you play against it where you get a film like The Last Jedi. Whereas I think, look, if in 20 years they decided to reboot Captain America, but made yeah. him like a PTSD suffering crazy dude, people would be yeah. like, oh my God, why, why are they doing this to my yeah. hero? It's like, no, but we're, we're t- you yeah, can play yeah, off on yeah. the nostalgia. So I, yeah. I think, while well, yes, they have stayed in their lane, mm. but they're putting different cars in that lane right. than what they... Then, then I guess what DC are doing, where the one time they, they put a different car in, it did well. So they went, nah. so what we're going to do is get that car from before and and put bits of put bits of that other car that was good in it, yeah. but not a, not that many. No, no, the skirt on the car needs to be shorter. I think like, crucially- uh, the car's not actually running now. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Just put it out. Put it out. I, Go. I do think crucially, like where I where I say, okay, Marvel, this the bar has been raised for you. And I mean, we can get into whether or not it has been, but where I think the bar for franchise in general has been raised by Last Jedi is that yeah. yes, Last Jedi very cleverly played on the history of the franchise, and it couldn't have done that without that history being there. I agree, mm. but it was in service of a theme that was real, relatable. And legitimately of value to the people watching mm. it. Legitimately yeah. said something of value to the people watching it. I don't think Marvel has ever gone that deep or that painful in a way that really worked. See, I- the, the thing for me for that, and this is, again, just me and our opinions differing. Yeah, is that yeah. With, with Civil War, I think there is some... The best thing about Civil War is they're the bad guys. Even though... Oh, the actor's name is uh, Daniel Brawl's character in that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though he is the bad guy... He's only there because of all their actions. He's literally been right. born because they exist. They've created so him. In, I see that film and I go, this is where you actually, he's the best, he's probably one of the better villains in a Marvel film. Yeah, he is. He had, Definitely. He had purpose. Yeah. But in that, in that film, you go, Steve has a point. Cap- like Captain America has a very valid point. And that's yeah. why the Civil War is so great. Tony Stark also has some very yeah, valid points. Yeah, we've got proper shades Both of, of grey. have really valid points. So you get... The, this kind of great antagonistic function of what happens if, and I guess it's it's not an original idea because it is from the comics yeah. Civil War. They just shifted it slightly to be more about the consequences of that action, whereas mm. in the comics it's about registering superheroes. Yeah, um, it is. Which yeah. Tony Stark is for for the same reasons. He's, think, he's right. Yeah, yeah. And look, Sokovia I could be wrong. Record. This is sort of a, a freshly baked thought, I guess. So this could be wrong. I haven't really thought about it. Smells this delicious, guys. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I think the difference that I'm trying to articulate here is that to me. Last Jedi wasn't a celebration or an engagement with its own mythology or its own history. I mean, it was to a degree, but all of that was in service of making a deeper point. I think the deepest a Marvel film has ever gotten is engaging with or commenting on itself or its own world or its yeah. own mythology. I think there are obviously relatable themes there about like you know what it means to be a hero or standing up or everything, but like and th- that's that's nothing that we haven't seen before in every other superhero film ever. And they're good and they're fun to spend time with and everything. Mm. And I like spending time with the characters. I enjoy hanging out in that world. I enjoy it when Marvel challenges themselves, like in Civil War. I really do. I really thought there was depth to Civil War, but that depth didn't go beyond we're calling our own films to task rather than we're saying something that is relevant to the people Mm. in this room watching it. Even though it is about, you know, space wizards with laser swords, it's still saying something relatable about 
human Humanity. failure and learning yeah. from it yeah. that we can all take back to our actual lives. Yeah. And that, to me, is what is so impressive yeah. about Last Jedi. Because you, yeah. you almost expect that sort of function in, I don't know, like amazing auteur films. You don't expect it from Star Wars. No, you not don't at expect all. it from a not franchise film. And then when it came, it just was fucking a hit but to the chest. But then now we're hitting this weird thing where that was hugely divisive to people. True, yeah. So what happens and now? The director is back to the guy who gave us Force Awakens, who it probably. Oh, yeah, the next one. Here's, yeah, yeah, here's yeah, the yeah. thing, right? So Rian Johnson's writing the next film, but Abrams is directing it. Uh, okay. It's it's gone through a few hands. It's um so Ryan Johnson was writing the treat. He wrote a treatment for it. Yep. And then Colin Trevorrow took that and rewrote that. And now Abrams is rewriting that oh, himself. God. So because here's so, the thing, right? That film is going to be fucking fascinating because mm. there are two options for for Disney's Star Wars. They either lean into what Rian Johnson did, which was divisive, but still commercially viable. Which they must have liked to some degree if they've then given him another trilogy in Correct, the future. Yeah. Yeah. On the back of that film. Right. So they like what he's doing in the Star Wars universe. So that they like him enough. They support his ideas. Yes, the film was divisive, but critically mm. and commercially, and when I say critically, I don't mean fan. I mean yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean critics, critics. Really adored by, by critics. Yeah. Has done fucking amazingly well commercially. And all those people are like, not my look. I'm never watching another Star Wars again. They're full of shit. Right. They're going of to fucking you buy are. a ticket. They're going to see number nine. So, with that in mind, and this is uh, this is probably a point I was going to make earlier, but one of my greatest frustrations, having said that, and as much as I, I don't personally feel like I have franchise fatigue, hmm. is that it frustrates me that franchises don't take more risks like The Last Jedi because they're actually in the best position to do so. Yes, absolutely. They have established characters. Yes. They have a, a built-in fan base. They have a fuckload Very of money. Cool. If they make a mistake, it doesn't matter. People yeah. are going to see because the next one. Fox, which is, Fox have proven that time and time again. Correct. Fox, the, only, the only exception to that rule has been probably DC, whereas the sales, like the box office figures for Justice League were terrible. But mm. the reason the figures were terrible is because for the ninth billionth time in a row, a DC film has been shit. And yeah. people yeah. went, we got hopeful because you gave us Wonder Woman and mm. then you've gone back to this trash. We're not, we're not, we're not copping it anymore. Yeah. Whereas if you fuck up, but you do something nice, people are still going to forgive you and come back the next time. You've yeah. got you to fuck up like four or five times before and people stop seeing is, movies. DC. Yeah. yeah. What DC do? And you've got to do six films before people go, you know what? We've actually had enough. You guys are yeah, bad. Yeah. But yeah, it is It is like exactly what you said, Tom, about like, you know, taking real risks like that. Like what Last Jedi did and franchises can do it. So what do they do for episode nine? Do they, do they yeah. go, you know what, Abrams, we want you to go back to Force Awakens because mm. that was popular with, like people loved it. Like people enjoyed it on both. Like there are people I know who, were, who have really enjoyed Last Jedi who also really enjoyed Force Awakens. I'm one of those people. Right. Yeah. I enjoy them for very different reasons and I can appreciate that they're very different. Films do they do they double down well, on that or do they just keep going? I've actually, do you think Abrams is capable of it? I don't think Abrams is capable of. But the thing is, I actually think uh, that the I Last know. Jedi cast Force Awakens in a new light for me. Not that it was particularly deep or anything, but I, I when I first saw Force Awakens, I was cynical about it. I was mm. like, they're just doing what we think people wanted from Star Wars. And then Rogue One, I was like, oh, that was a bit of a mess. Mm. And then Last Jedi, I was like, okay, there's something new. And then when I look back at Force Awakens, I'm like, well, actually, no, because Force Awakens was completely in line with J.J. Abrams' style, which is basically he's a cover artist. He does loving tributes to what has gone before. And now I understand why Force Awakens needed to happen to reestablish the brand, to bring people back in with a very safe, competently made Couldn't get Last Jedi without Force Awakens. Couldn't have had Last Jedi without it. It was was the perfect groundwork for Last Jedi. Yes, absolutely. And I kind of have a lot more respect for Force Awakens now. Now, because of that, and I do think that, you know, J.J. Abrams is an auteur in that he has his own style and he has his own sensibilities that he brings to it, which is usually, this is the thing I loved as a kid, mm. now I'm going to 
create a loving tribute to it. Whereas yeah. Ryan Johnson's like, I'm thinking deeper. I'm doing different things. I'm challenging myself. Gareth Edwards, I think, was hired for Rogue One because he, you know, is just a relatively green director who made like Monsters, which was a less than a million dollar like sci-fi film, and mm. then went up to Godzilla, which had no, apart from visually, had no directorial stamp on it whatsoever, mm-hmm. and then was fine. And then they got him for Rogue One. And they kind of he tried to do his own thing, and they brought in you know other people to do reshoots and everything, right. and it ended up being a mess because they were like, we just wanted somebody to make a competent movie. Mm. Um, yeah. What I, what I do think, I mean. I feel like Abrams, is, Abrams, Abrams should, you would think, follow Johnson's path, but in an Abrams way. So it'll be, right. I think. That's a tricky blend. Well, that's though. what I mean. I think what you'll do is you'll get a film that won't be as good as, you'll, you'll get a Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. You'll get a film that won't be as challenging or as engaging or as interesting as Empire Strikes Back, hmm. but you will have, you'll have a conclusion to ideas brought up in Empire Strikes Back that are resolved in a safe way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you will also get some stuff that, that works really Look, well. I'm hoping that. I mean, yeah. Look, I, I think at the end of the day, the most important thing here is that like franchises do need to take risks because mm. like taking risks is how you end up with a classic. It's how you end up with failures, but it is how you end up with a classic film that will be remembered. The Last Jedi, I, I I strongly believe. I don't know if you'd call it a classic, but it will be debated for a very long time. It will oh, yeah. be discussed for a very long time, and it will have a particular place in Star Wars canon. We don't yet know what that place is because now, not if that our petition, uh, you know, got <laughs> yeah. where we shoot from the canon um, and reshoot a fucking movie. Yeah. But oh. yeah, it's it's interesting to me because like. I kind of look at Marvel and I'm like, yeah, like they're good at what they do. But the thing is the, the franchise ubiquity established mm. by Marvel of having these frequent releases, taking you back to the world frequently. Maybe th- that actually means that you can take risks. Maybe yeah. the fact that it's like, yeah, in six months, you're going to get a Han Solo film. It's going to be everything you want from Star Wars. Just relax, enjoy that means that, yeah, every second film can take risks just because Marvel hasn't really done it. Like hasn't made films that really were as bold and out there as Last Jedi. Right. Just because they haven't they, done they've, it. They've taken their own versions have, of risks. Yeah, but, but I agree though. They need, yes, yeah, yes, they need but, to push it further. Yeah. Then they needed to be a fucking heist film with a little guy in it. And what I'm saying is just because Marvel hasn't done that, we are so early in this stage of, you know, three films a year in a franchise or one film a year in a franchise or yeah. whatever. Just because Marvel hasn't done that doesn't mean that the other franchises following their model won't do it. Right. So With the exception maybe- of DC. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Who don't yeah, want the fuck to so don't even because yeah, I don't I don't see Wonder Woman as a classic film. I think it's a well made, good, mm. competent, entertaining film that I'm probably never going to watch again. And again, like um, compared to all the Marvel films, it would fit right in. Yeah, but it doesn't doesn't surpass them in any way. I don't think so. No. Do you know the one thing it does do, which is good for the future, is it proves to studio executives who needed the most minuscule excuse mm. that you can make a superhero film with a competent female lead and yeah. it's fine. Yeah, and you'll make money. You don't have to make it broody and shit, which is what they try to do for Justice League. They're like, oh, we'll make her more of a character in Justice League. But the catch was that she needs to, you know, be wearing clothes right. uh, and don't film <laughs> yeah. her from the ass down <laughs> constantly, you burks. Yeah, no, I yet. completely agree. I think I think Wonder Woman, like, had to happen. I think it's mm. important. I, I, al- I almost think that, like, it's the marvelness of it, like, the overriding competence of it. Yeah. Probably was, a, like, kind of like a Force Awakens being like, no, no, no we can do this. Yes. Now yeah. let's take deeper risks with female-led superhero right. films. So I think, I think Wonder Woman actually, like, maybe in the long term will kind of stake a claim for itself as the trailblazer being like, I wasn't especially ambitious, but I proved this could be done yep. so that what came after me could be do it mm. in more challenging, interesting, out there ways. Yeah, and it, it, and, it, and it proves that you can have, again, from that side of it, you can have a female writing team, a female director, and a female lead in a big blockbuster Hollywood film, and it can be commercially successful. Yeah. So maybe we'll see more of that stuff, right? Yeah. which is good, yeah. which is just good in the long run. I think it what, is, yeah. what successful franchises have in their pocket, fundamentally, is the fact that you've got a property people like, and you've got a world people enjoy spending time in, and characters people enjoy spending time with. Mm-hmm. So if you can use that, enormous advantage over literally every other film coming out to actually do new, exciting, interesting things from that position, then I don't think we will necessarily get fatigued with franchises. I mean, yes, Star Wars has had long breaks, but it's also been around Mm. for 40 years. Like, we're not sitting here being like, oh, Star Wars, that old, like, crappy sci-fi film from the 70s. Like, it's still a relevant, more than relevant, it's a cultural behemoth today. Mm -hmm. Marvel is different because I think they just make good films, competent films that are entertaining. Like, I'm not going to miss a Marvel film. I know I'm going to have a good time in every Marvel film. As long as they bring in fresh voices and keep it it competent. I think Marvel can keep going for a very long time. And I think they're smart and they've realised that the way they need to keep going is end the phase. So end the Rogers Stark story. Yep, yep. Wrap that up. So it means you no longer have to see everything. Yeah. We no longer have to probably sit in the really nice lines, the lane that we've made for ourselves. Right. Yeah, yeah. We can start going cross country yeah. because we can just tell stories about whoever we want. The fact that they've bought Fox means that they can be like, right, after we finish uh, you know, this, we're going to do a fucking X-Men movie. We're going to mm. make a fucking good Gambit film. Yeah, right. We're going to make a movie about Magneto in like killing Nazis. It's going to be a really dark version <laughs> yeah. of that one scene in First Class. And maybe, look, they haven't, they have, they showed that with like their slight sort of movements outside of the box. Miss Marvel like could, be, could be really interesting. Sure, but I mean, mm. it's like, because her universe is very bizarre. Yeah, yeah. But it's, but you know, we said that back to Strange as well. I'll, I'll kind of believe they can really go right, when yeah. I see it. But I mean, I guess to me, like what I'm, if Marvel can sort of use its success to take risks, and for example, if we if Tony Stark survives Civil War and we get like a Tony Stark Logan in ten years time, mm. you know, like that that's something they could Christ. do. Yeah, yeah. And that that's a case where they could, like the X Men films did with mm. Logan, you can actually, and like Last Jedi did with Luke Skywalker, you can actually engage with the history you have right, and you've the love you have for this character yeah. to do something deep, engaging, challenging, and interesting. Yeah. Whether they do it or not remains to be seen. It's still very early days, yeah. but I do believe if these franchises can take those steps mm. and make take those risks, then I think franchise fatigue can be staved off yeah. for a while. Franchise fatigue, like, is only a thing if we think we're getting the same thing over and over again. Yeah. yeah. You know? There was a time where franchises were bulletproof and you could do that, but DC has proven that 
people aren't going to cop that anymore. Because there are too many franchises. There are too many and options. Well, if anything, they're being Game forced Game friends are only seeing four fucking movies a year. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's in it. So, basically, each franchise is, is kind of in control of its own fatigue, which is interesting because we've obviously just been looking at Star Wars and Marvel for the most part in DC. But what I wanted to talk about next was basically franchise as a concept fatigue. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you a list of movies that are coming out this year, all right? So, we've got okay. a- Avengers Infinity War. Pacific Rim 2, Aquaman, Toy Story 4, Deadpool 2, Black Panther, How to Train Your Dragon 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Wait, Dragon World 2. Is coming out this year? Yep. The Predator, oh, yes. Fifty Shades Free, Jungle Book Origins, Mary Poppins Returns, Tomb Raider, Fantastic Beasts, Where to Find Them 2, The Secret Life of Pets 2, uh, another animated Spider-Man movie, Hotel Transylvania 3, Wreck-It Ralph 2, Solo, The Transformers Bumblebee spin-off, Maze Runner, The Death Cure, and Mission Impossible 6. And Ocean's 8. And Ocean's 8. And probably fuck tons more. So- a, a different kind of fatigue. I am franchised fatigued. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot to keep. It's not like, a specific franchise. No, it's it. I would just like. I would like a three billboards or a or a baby driver every now and again. Right, that's yeah. fine. Yes, exactly give me right. Give me Logan Lucky. Right, fuck that was a good movie. It's good, right? Thank you. <laughs> and that, that, give me more of that. Yeah, and like uh, so, they, like we just said, franchises done well individually can basically keep going indefinitely if they are staying ahead of the curve and make it so fatigue doesn't come. But then all these other ones, like so many of those ones I just listed, were fatigued well, by movie one, let alone movie the, two. Look at the bullshit. Why are we doing you know? a Toy Story 4? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I, so but, see, the interesting thing about that is that, so I was like, eh, and then they were like, Rashida Jones is writing it. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm interested. And they're like, nah, she's not writing it anymore. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, she's not writing anymore because John Lasseter is a bit creepy and we've had to take him off the project uh, for personal time. And yeah. I was like, uh, oh. <laughs> so now I'm like, Toy Story 4. My, my, my issue with, 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 I know, actually, my issue with Pixar that I was about to say is that mm. they've started doing a lot of sequels. Having said that, I saw Coco and I cried like a bitch and it is a yeah. beautiful movie. But but it's it's that's not a, like I mean it's a franchise in that it's it's part of Pixar but on its own it's not a franchise. it's not a franchise. Whereas I think they were starting to lose their sheen because right got, like Finding Dory is fine but I don't think it's a story where I don't think anyone was like man I wish I would have got a sequel to like the only person who's doing that was Ellen DeGeneres as a joke every week on Ellen was yeah that, yeah they're not making a sequel to my movie yeah I don't necessarily think we needed Monsters University I enjoyed no. it I just don't think we needed it the yeah. only sequels in that in that entire history of Pixar that we've that have needed to be told, I think, are Toy Story 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. Again, I, I just kind of look at them and I go, ah, I don't get it. And there's a lot of films in there. I'm like, why are we getting a sequel to that? Like Wreck-It Ralph 2? Like, I really enjoyed Wreck-It Ralph, but I don't feel the need for a sequel, personally. It's, yeah, well, it's it's bizarre. And I, and I don't look at that staple as being like, oh, yeah. yeah did you say Jungle Book Origins? Yeah. Like, do you like how my brain was just going through the just list Just catching up. I mean, I like, tried to read it pretty fast. What did Damo say that I could refer to? I do think this is, though, this, this kind of like- is It's a, a different extension. kind of fatigue. Well, it is a different kind of fatigue. It isn't, yeah. it isn't. Because like, it's an extension of the fact that, you know, these are big four-quadrant blockbuster films that, you know, everybody's expected to go and see to like- Like, I remember uh, when I was away over Christmas, that new Tarzan movie was on TV. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And my dad was kind of like, oh, yeah, and he was like talking to me about it as if I'd- seen it hmm. and i hadn't seen it and i was kind of watching it and i was like oh, i didn't see this one and he kind of looked at me really confused he was like and he goes he goes well he goes things really have changed haven't they and i was like what do you mean he goes well you used to see everything right like you used to see every fran- every big four quadrant franchise film and i was like there are just too many there are so many there are just too many and yeah. like, if something doesn't like you know five years ago i went and saw john carter because i was like yeah, yeah. Whatever, that looks like a big exciting film that i've been following <laughs> yeah, that was like, such a bad I, man <laughs> i like john carter i have a big soft spot for john Got the carter kid from spy kids but, in it. <laughs> but now i'm just like when these films come out, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, if it really grabs me. Or, again, maybe I'm part of the problem here. If it's part mm. of a franchise I know and love, like Star Wars or Marvel, right. then, yeah, I'll go and see it. 
But what I do think this means is because, like, by all accounts, and from what I saw of that Tarzan film, it was pretty mediocre. What I think this means is that because there are so many big franchise blockbuster films coming out, the good ones will float to the top. The good ones will win out. And, yeah, every now and then you will get a case of, like, you know, Blade Runner 2049, which I haven't seen, but apparently, you know, was a flop but was Mm. a really good film. Every now and then, yeah, things will flop, but they will find The original Blade Runner was a flop, but then we gained And what about Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow's got a sequel. That underperformed. People were like that. Can I say, fuck good movie, though. Edge of Tomorrow's great. Don't know why it needs a sequel, because did they not- Save tomorrow? Yes. Didn't at the end of the movie he get a tomorrow? I'm pretty sure he did. But it's one of those things where it's like... We're just going to see him live his tomorrow. Is it just... uh, Do you know what? It'd be great if Edge of Tomorrow 2 was like what he did the next day. (laughs) Which is like, oh, I get up, have some eggs, and then he goes to bed and he wakes up and he goes, oh, good. It's the next day after That was a film that people... Thought was overlooked, yeah, and then it's like no. Eventually, it it got its win. It right. got, I don't again. I don't know why it's getting a sequel, but like it, people watched it, people saw it, mm. found a following. Now it's very well thought of. So I really do believe that like high quality films, even if they're underseened and even if they don't have an amazing opening weekend, people will word of mouth will spread and people will come to them. Blade Runner yep. took years to get a sequel. It was a flop when it first came out because people heard about it after the fact and gravitated to it. So I really do think things like the Dark Universe. Yeah, what you think you can just make a film like The Mummy yeah. and expect that you're going to build a franchise off that? No, get fucked. It was. The satisfaction I got from seeing the movie sure. flop, the satisfaction I got from seeing Justice League flop, of being like, no, fuck you, studios. And the you fact can't that the Dark Universe make... has been shelved. Exactly. It's like, yeah. You can't just make Beautiful. bullshit and expect that we'll swallow it. Maybe five years ago when there weren't that many franchises, that was the case. When it was like, like coming back to what my dad said, when it was like, yeah, we went and saw all of these big films because you expected to see all these big films. Now there are so many tentpoles. You get a fucking tentpole film every week. Yep. You better be fucking good to expect that people will turn up to see your shit because yeah. you can't just put... Bullshit on the screen and expect it will do well anymore. And, and just that, because it's set in a franchise, that's the real that's the real fatigue yeah. there. Yeah. It's not even Transformers. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Franchises that used to be reliable, even though they were largely shit, right. are no longer people aren't turning up anymore because it's like, well, you know what? Like if you can get it three I Marvel could watch films another a year. Pirates film or mm. I could go watch a I could watch Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. If yes. I get three Marvel films a year and they're all good, why would I go and watch a Pirates of the Caribbean film when the last three have sucked? Mm. You know? So maybe in the long term, the ubiquity of franchises yeah. I don't know yet. This is very early days, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe it's actually not the worst thing in the world. I, it's I gonna, agree. It's going to force them to be better. Yeah. I agree, except we're still getting tons of franchises. Obviously, movie cinema the theaters only release so many movies a year. So I think this is, an, again, this is sort of different to what you're saying. But what annoys me is that those slots are getting cluttered up with some of the trash I just mentioned. Where you're like, well, no one wants that movie. Let's see something original. Let's see a baby driver or whatever. And even like Edgar Wright was asked recently if he could change one thing about the current state of the industry, what would it be? And he said that studios should make one original film for every franchise film, which I think is brilliant. I'd love to see more originals. Yeah, like, yeah definitely my franchises. And if the franchises are forced to be good, even better. But give us something original in there as well. Just while you're going through the list of sequels that were like, mm. why are we getting this sequel? And talking about franchises, there's going to be two thoughts. So I'm going to latch onto this one now before I forget it. <laughs> On the Blade Runner thing, the reason Blade Runner got a sequel late wasn't because it was like Blade Runner was really popular. It's because it's like, hey, remember when, remember when they did Fury Road and it did really well, and they rebooted, uh, mm. rebooted that other movie that people liked, and they reboot. Fuck it, let's just let's do another Blade Runner. Mm. We, we can. It's popular. People like it. It's got a cop following. People. Right. So that I think stick Harrison is, stick Harrison Ford back in. You got yeah, yourself a movie. I think it's less of a franchisey creation and more of a let's cash in on nostalgia which mm. worked and I know a lot of people like you didn't love Fury Road but I really enjoyed Fury yeah. Road but not because I liked the other Mad Max films right because it's a guy well, I enjoyed it as a good Fury film Road did its own thing yes. like, that's one thing yeah. I will say for it yeah. is that it didn't really feel like any of the other Mad Max films at all but it 
marketed itself. So it, yeah. it, it told people that come watch, come watch this. It's Mad Max, mm. and people went and then they went, ah, gotcha. Yeah. You went in it, a bit like what people did with First Jedi. Yeah, uh, the First Jedi, Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> now the First Jedi. <laughs> Uh, Barry, the first Jedi. And so the... Oh, fuck. I've lost the other point oh, I was going to make. It's amazing watching your oh, no, brain no, work. Okay, here we go. Here we go. How do we feel about Sicario 2? A sequel to a really fucking okay. good film yeah. that finishes the story. It doesn't have anything. To, so the Emily Blunt story, which was she was mm. the protagonist of that first film, has ended. We're now going to follow another story involving Brolin and Del Toro with the kind of premise looking at it is that they're going to keep escalating things and eventually one of them has to win. And mm. Brolin's not a good guy, but he's at least on the good guy's side. And Benicio Del Toro is absolutely not a good guy. But it, does that film justify his existence in that regard? Well, or what, what, where do we land on, on those... critically acclaimed films deciding to do sequels? Well, I mean, Taylor Sheridan's still writing it, which it bodes really well for me. Also, like, kind of what stands out is the fact that originally it wasn't called Sicario 2. It is now, but it was called Soldado, yep. which mm. I think means assassin. Right. So, I know it, Sicario means... No, Sicario means hitman, I think. Soldado means something. Maybe soldier? Maybe. That would make sense. Yeah. I don't know Spanish. <laughs> anyway. If you know Spanish, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think the main But now it's called Sicario 2. Yeah. Which I Colon, think is a marketing Soldado. thing. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I agree. It's, it's the same reason the Twilight films put the Twilight yeah, saga yeah, instead yeah. of just calling themselves Breaking The impression Dawn. I got, and I mean, like, Taylor Sheridan has said in interviews, he's like, it's very different. He's like, it's a very different film to Sicario. Cool. So, I think it's like, yeah, you've got a successful first film. You want to explore the world a bit right. further. Like, yeah. yeah, if you're, like, yeah. more power to you. If you think as there's well a story as, to be told there, go I, for it. Exactly. And I don't think he'll be making the movie if he didn't think there was a story to be told there. Yeah. Also, just make one for the sake of making one. Which guy hasn't put a foot wrong. Let's, let's, let's call no, it what it is. No, he hasn't. Yeah. Look at his last three oh, films. Yeah, yeah. They have each been one of my favorite films of the year. Yeah. But is that is that a thing we're going to see? Where you're going to see someone like Tarantino go? Yeah, I reckon I got a Pulp Fiction two in me. Mm. Or I doubt it. Not not Tarantino yeah. per se. But, but I get your example. Like that yeah. example, you know, yeah. you wouldn't have got, you wouldn't have thought that Ridley Scott would reboot Aliens. Yeah, right. You know, when when he finished when he did Alien, but he's mm. done it to his detriment. Yeah. Are we going to see films? You know, is someone going to remake Jaws at some point? No, I, I, I'm I know, but I completely understand what you're saying, and and again, it's it almost like, for that one. I almost feel like it's a case by case basis. If the right person stepped up, who could make a really great Jaws, <clears throat> not mentioning any names, then do, I do you know someone, Gabe? No, no, not at all. No, you don't um, know anyone who's written a treatment for a for a Jaws film. <laughs> Look, it's not a it's not a remake. But yeah, if someone had heart and passion about it and was making it because they had a story as hell, then yeah, I would be happy to have that. If they're making because like they're like, oh guys, we haven't had Jaws for a while. Franchise is doing great. Let's throw another one out. Then no, fuck off. I don't want it. Like like, I think I think Jaws is a case like you know, and obviously because we've done an episode on this where like I've and I've got history with this franchise um and with coming close to being involved so like i I think with jaws it's a case of like yeah you could you could reboot the jaws franchise you just don't remake it just be like different characters a different shark different town it's a premise that you know i mean the shallows could have been a jaws film you know you could have called the shallows jaws the shallows Mm. and it would have like it's still within the same kind of you know premise family of a big shark Eats you, people you, you, yeah. probably, you probably don't need to remake Jaws because there's just constantly shark films. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Jurassic Park, there are dinosaur films, but Jurassic Park is, if you're going to do Jurassic right. Park, it needs to be Jurassic Park. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, it'd be interesting though if like Tarantino was just like, yeah, my last, because you know, he's like, I'm only going to make 10 films yeah. ever. And his last film is like, this is Reservoir Dogs 2. And you're like, well, is, okay. Isn't he putting his hand up to do Star Trek? He's put his hand up and said he wants to do a Star Trek film. And I'm like, does that count as one of his 10? Yeah. 
But okay. I feel like it would. Also, I want to watch that fucking movie. Yeah. But I want a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek film. Tarantino's only really made like one thing you call a sequel, which is um is Kill Bill 2, but it was like that was one film split in two. Yeah. He's spoken about a lot of sequels. You know, he wanted to do the double V Vega Brothers film. He wanted to do a sequel to Django Unchained, which which ended up becoming Hateful Eight. Mm. Yeah. Um, that was originally Django Unchained sequel. He want he's talked about doing Kill Bill 3. I don't think that's happening now. He spoke about an Inglorious Bastards sequel. Like, because he had a whole parallel story in his original when he was writing it as a novel about a bunch of black soldiers being dropped in behind enemy lines and sort of doing something different. Mm. And he wants to make like a parallel sequel about them. Um, he had so he had Django, he had that. He's he's had almost all of his films have had like either a sequel or a spin off pitched at some point. Yeah, I think there was talk of a Jackie Brown sequel at some point because I think there's a sequel to the novel and there was talk of him maybe adapting that. So it's not like sequels a dirty word for Tarantino. He's mm. spoken about it. He just hasn't made any of them. Right. I really want to kill Bill three. By the way, I, okay, I really yeah. do. Well, that was just kill Bill. Yeah. Well, that's actually yeah, going to be. The, there's when, so yeah. much left over. But they're like, all fucking Tar- dead. But Tarantino's spoken about his plan. Like, it's because Ellie Driver doesn't die. He said she survives. Yeah. And then she takes the daughter, Vanita Green's daughter. Yeah. And trains her. Yeah. And then sends her after the bride. And then the bride basically, and then Nikki basically has to step up to the plate after the bride gets killed. And basically it's like, was revenge worth it? Because it just, violence begets greater violence. Ooh. Sorry, uh, to quote three billboards, anger begets greater anger. Mm. Man. But yeah, there was a film there, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's, and I hear that and I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, and I, I think Tarantino would do a really good job with that. Like he said, he wanted to be like his dollars trilogy where he makes another mm. one like 15 years later. Yeah. It's kind of coming back to the character you know, old when they have to like pick the sword up again. Logan. It's like, well, yeah. He wants yeah. to make a Logan. Yeah. And it's kind of that great idea of like, okay, so you've lived a life of violence. You don't get to retire from that life. Mm. Logan. You've done that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Logan, but with the bride. Yeah. I would watch the fuck yeah. out of anymore. I don't yeah. do that. Yeah. I don't fight. Well, that brings me to pretty much my last question, which you've actually already answered, Gabe. But basically, yeah, for a, a film that's not in a franchise, but you could choose to have in a franchise- like what? Yeah, what sequel would you want if you could get a sequel Man, for something? Oh, what sequel know. would I want if I could get a sequel to anything? Oh, damn, I. I feel like. You, can you lead? Have you got? Can one? I, uh, well, like I, I, I'm just tempted to say one of my favorite films, which is Hot Fuzz. Right? If if Edgar Wright had, I think they're just such great characters that I would happily go back to that world with those characters. You'd have to have a different way for them to grow, but. They're still pretty juvenile in their own way, so you could have that. I would happily watch another Hot Fuzz. I'm going to pitch you a film, Damo. For Hot Fuzz 2? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because what he's going to do hot is- Hot Fuzzier. It's Hot Fuzzier, and he's going to team it with Vin Diesel, and it's going to be a Fast and the Furious Hot Fuzz crossover. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> called Fast and Fuzziest. <laughs> In which they end up having to lay low in a small English town. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and the only two people that can protect them from oh, the bad yeah. guys. Yeah, uh, they go into witness protection in like England, and that guy's pretty. Nick great. Angel is their like guy. Yeah, and he gets embroiled in into. There you go. Oh, there you go. Sorted. Fast in the fuzziest. Fuzziest. <laughs> anyway, I I, I would watch yeah. that. I would I'd non- watch your film as well. Oh, but a non-franchise film. That's where I'm kind of struggling to come well, up Well, I mean, with you just said one. You said Kill Bill. You're like, yeah, but you're I mean, done. That's Tom, sort of Tom, over to you. Franchise <laughs> See, my, my, my brain's like, that most of the films that I see that don't have sequels, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm okay yes. not having a sequel. But, then, but like you just said, Sicario, you would never have picked that one for a sequel. But now that's coming, we're a bit excited about True. it. True. And I guess my other thing too is like, to be fair, going back to Harry Potter with... Fantastic Beast is mm. I'm like fuck yeah let's get some more Harry Potter films yeah. I like going back to that world like so it'd be it'd be a case of what I want to franchise what's a world I'd want to go back to and mm. Harry Potter is that but we're For already sure. getting that yeah yeah so, so I don't really yeah, know. that's I'm kind just, of your answer but oh, not really man, I'm just fucking this up haven't I I just don't have a I just don't have any I just don't have one is what I'm trying to say I don't have <laughs> okay answer. Rogue Two no I don't want Rogue <laughs> well, Two well no but it's a standalone I don't so why, it counts. what are they stealing 
I don't know. I don't the plans care. for the Starkiller base. Done. I oh, want Rogue 2. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Oh. Well, canonically, they did have the plans for the Starkiller base, so it could happen. It could happen. Oh, no, wait. You see that at the start of the film. They steal it from that old man. No, yeah. they don't. That's the map to Luke Skywalker. How does that man get the map to Luke Skywalker? There you go. Old man Rogue. <laughs> yeah. Rogue. Old man Rogan. Oh, yes. Oh, he's about that guy. <laughs> it's all, he used to be like a fighter, and then he's retired, and he's a pacifist. They get him out of retirement. And I'm just pitching. Uh, You're doing it. I'm just pitching. I'm just pitching bullshit. Well, on that note, I've been Damien. I've been Handsome Tom. I've been Gabe. If you have any thoughts, ideas, comments, or just want to say hi, you can send us an email at moviemaintenance at sanspantsradio.com or you can find us at Twitter at mmsanspants on our individual Twitters. I'm at McDavidJammers. I'm at Orchard I'm at Goldberg Moser. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. listening if you want to help support the show why not become a member at sanspantsplus.com and get early access to our shows a bunch of exclusive content and much much more that's sanspantsplus.com